I would say welcome back to the Press Play Podcast, but man, oh man, has it been a minute. Yes, it has. Dear Lord, have mercy. Now, uh, first off, want to apologize for the crudite of how we actually sound. We may sound different than we used to, but, you know, that's just because, you know, some things had to happen for us to get back to doing this on a regular basis. We were recording mm-hmm. in, um, an actual professional radio station studio, but because uh, we're all working from home, we're having to do this, you know, digitally through our phones and iPads and whatever. So, you know, you get what you get until we get back to normal, realistically. That's right. So, so Seth, how are you now? I'm doing just great, man. Doing just great. Just got done yeah. watching the, the the movie we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I watched it over the weekend. Uh, it's my second time that I've seen it. And before we get into mm-hmm. all that, uh, man, it has been quite a while since we've done this. So having to dust off the old, uh, the, you know, the vocal cords <laughs> ready for everything, you know. <laughs> right. Trying to remember how we used to do this. But, uh, man, it's been a minute. I think the last time we did this was in, what, March? Before that, I think. It was, you know, it was in February because March was supposed to be Vampire Month. Oh, I think we got one episode in, and then we had to quit. Yeah, we did uh, the uh, Castlevania episode, mm-hmm. and then yep. right after that, it was basically like nobody's allowed in our studio because uh, you know you know people are infected and blah blah blah, and it's been going on for a while. But we just we just wanted to get back to normal. So uh, what we're talking about that we watched is Code Eight on Netflix, which. I I saw I'm I my earliest remembrance of this movie is I saw a trailer for it and I sent it directly to you and it was before it was even out yep. and I didn't even know it was going to be on Netflix to be honest with you I thought it was just going straight to DVD or whatever because it looked like a low budget kind of I wouldn't say superhero film but like a super power film I guess you would call it I don't know what to call it I I call these uh uh Superpower originals, films like this. It's in the same vein as uh, things like, uh, um, what was that one movie? The found footage one? Prodigal. Um, Prodigal, yeah. Dude, that is one of my favorite movies uh, that are, you know, I, I don't like found footage movies, but I was thinking about this last night. We should talk about that movie at some point. I love that film. Yeah, it's not too bad. But, uh, no, this is in the same vein as that. This was actually crowdfunded. Um, they got, they were... Because it's not about superpowers. It's more about the struggle that these people have to go through just for having them. It's kind of like... Oh, yeah. And we, talk, we talked about this before uh, we even started recording. Like, this is pretty much... It's pretty much an X-Men film. It takes a lot of inspiration from X-Men. Um, very heavily influenced by it. Um, but... I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think this film does the X-Men idea better than most of the X-Men films ever did. With the exception of uh, maybe X-Men, with the exception of the original trilogy, I would agree Mm -hmm. with you. I said most of them because most of them are outside of that. (laughs) But, I mean, when you have a a, a minority of people that just started developing powers that are being suppressed by the government themselves... Um, I, I like the, I love this concept. I like the world, uh, that they built. Um, yes. Well, I, I actually liked the idea of 
they didn't start out so uh, like you know as these minorities. Like realistically, if at the beginning of the movie, they were welcomed. They helped build the world, and then yeah. once the world was built, they were just basically pushed away. I like yep. the fact. I like how they started. It was actually kind of realistic. Like if you have these people that can that can pick up these things and move things with their minds, of course you're gonna help. You're gonna use them to help you build this this amazing city. And then once the job's done, people started fearing them for no reason. Mm-hmm. Developed an entire robotic police force just to deal with them. It's a it's a it's a scary uh, it's a scary world that they that they uh, that they portray here. A lot of desperate people, um, and that's and why that, all of them turn to crime because they can't do anything else to survive. Yeah, crime and just basically they're they're treated like immigrants where they have to work under the radar. And yeah. you know the, the, those guardian robots, those you cannot tell those are sentinels. Absolute fucking. Those, those, those were to me. They were like a cross between a Sentinel and a Terminator. Exactly. Their 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 job was one hundred percent what the Sentinels do. They track down mutants and they bring them in. That's that's one hundred percent what they were. You yeah, can't they, tell. They, est- they established that they've registered with the government. They know exactly who these people are, what they can do, how powerful they are. Um, it's a very plausible reality, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I, I, like, I like the world building in this. It's kind of like uh, when we talked about the boys. Uh, it, both are very, you know, understandable realities that could mm-hmm. have gone either way. Because the boys yep. is basically the polar opposite of this universe, where in the boys they are 100% accepted and, you know, they're celebritized and all that shit. But um, in, in in this movie, it's the complete opposite. They're feared and registered, and anyone who steps out of line, they're not they're not taken in by the government. They are straight up murdered. Oh yeah, that first uh, with the the first scene where it shows them at that construction site, and the one guy runs because he's had a warrant. They just straight up shoot him. That's it's exactly yeah. yeah, they shoot him, but uh. You know, uh, outside of the the universe that they built, I very much enjoyed the whole uh, underground uh, of the whole thing. Like they, it, w- it was so weird to think that they created this drug out of the what was it, spinal fluid of super spinal fluid of uh, spinal fluid. I, I now I, I wanted to ask this because I've seen this movie twice and I'm still not sure. Do they only get it from uh, telepaths, or is it from anyone with powers? Because I don't I think it, I ever saw them uh, clarify that. I'm pretty sure that it was just any metahuman. Okay. Because, I I, I mean, they, I, I really don't think they tell you if, if it was a specific. I think it was just supers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was because... Uh, I think I, the the intro to the whole thing where it just shows news clips and all that, and they explain to you what this drug is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so quick. I don't I don't think I picked up on it. So if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure it's just all metas. Which is which still, even if it is just metas, that's still pretty interesting uh, to yeah. introduce this world is this drug. I, I can't even remember what it's called. Psych. Psych. Oh, that's right. That would make sense for the telepath. Anyway. But yeah. Uh, 
I do like that it wasn't Stephen Amell playing, you know, the front and center because he just got done with uh, with Arrow and all that. But I did very very much enjoy his character. Uh, character oh yeah, me like, too. I'm just going to call them by their real names because I don't remember their their actual names in the film. But Robbie Amell. Uh, Amell, Amell played Garrett, and uh, uh, Robbie Amell played uh, uh, Connor. Okay. See, dude, Robbie Amell did a fantastic job in this movie. Like, I, I've only I thought seen, he did, too. I've only seen him in The Flash, and he is a damn fine actor, if this is anything to go on. Like, his emotions... When he when he plays up the uh, you know his whole basically his his big deal is his mom is also a meta and she has ice powers and they're starting to affect her and she's slowly dying from it and when you well, see she has she has cancer and this is one of the symptoms oh I thought it's going thought, haywire is that what it is because I thought it was just her uh-huh. ice power over. That's why uh, it kept showing yeah, or, or the power or the powers become cancerous or something like that because they mentioned chemo. Um, so they found some way that, that apparently this is something that's diagnosable and it's happened before, but, um, the, the short of it is that they don't have enough money to get the care that she needs. So she's working for some asshole at a grocery store, which, <laughs> a male <laughs> Connor coming up to him in the grocery store, talking to my mom that way. Ooh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking to your mom. Maybe you should shut the fuck up. <laughs> I loved it. So he doesn't have enough money to, you know, get the treatment or whatever. And then he meets Garrett, which is played by Stephen Amell, who, because uh, Connor has lightning powers. They're called electrics. And Garrett is a, uh, he's telekinetic. And mm-hmm. he, they're basically a criminal. It's a, the whole with the mom thing is a little cliche. Um, to, there's like I said, this film's not perfect. I do enjoy the ambition of it. Um, I enjoy the polish. Um, I think there's a lot of high level craft going on. Um, however, I think that I, I'm not sure where the director came from, but the Amel's experience, most of it is in television, um, and that's what this feels like to me is a very long television episode. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like watching Stephen Amell throughout this entire film, he is basically Oliver Queen all over again. He doesn't emote at all because he basically just plays that brooding, you know, vigilante. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Arrow for more than 20 minutes and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Stephen Amell in Arrow for eight seasons, by the way, doesn't do anything but sit there and talk like this the entire time. Very soft, very brooding. Very, very. I'm in. I'm. I'm. I'm hurting inside. <laughs> and that's all. <laughs> I, I think. I do think Robbie is. He might be a better actor. Um, he, he did a lot of. There, there's his his performance was was for the for this film. Uh, very good. And I haven't seen the film, but there was a you know that that whole uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where Stephen Amell played Casey Jones. He smiles, uh-huh. but I don't know how he does with it. But from I Eric, saw the nostalgia critic review of it, and <laughs> he's pretty bad. Well, then again, I think it had a lot to do with the director. Yeah, um, I was 
can't blame him for that. I mean, I'm sure he... Actually, you know what? I've seen him. He was in one or two episodes of Blue Mountain State, and he was pretty goddamn funny. You know, he, he, can, he, huh. can, he can act with what he's given, but this is just another Arrow character. So, I mean, you know, he built a career off of it for eight, eight yeah. seasons, so just give him that, I guess. But I'm sure he wants to branch out. So that's that's really my take on the MLs, but yeah, I agree. Robbie is fantastic. He's the standout character in this one. Oh, absolutely. Um, I do want to address that while I do like the pacing of this film, I like it up to like the last twenty or thirty minutes. After the after the two uh, bad guys uh, are dead, the movie kind of falls flat. Um, they just kind of end things. You know what I mean? Yeah, like this. It, it felt very TV episodeish. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That's, that's where I felt it the most was at the end. It was more like a season finale where. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's, that's exactly the words I was looking for. It felt like a season finale. Yeah, where you gotta actually spend you know tw- thirty minutes wrapping stuff up just in case it doesn't come back. I get it. Yeah. But uh, there's but then they but even if even though they do that. You know, they spend so much time wrapping things up, they still leave it open for a sequel, which, if you're going to do that, don't waste our time, you know, wrapping stuff up. Like you like you said, you spent 20 minutes doing that just to leave it open. No, just end the movie and leave it open. I mean, damn. Yeah, especially the very last scene where the, the healer goes to, goes to the jail to, I guess, visit her father. Not Does only she that, ever talk about him ever in the film. I don't even remember, but I also, don't think she does. Also, uh, Stephen Amell's character Garrett is apparently now the new big boss or something. They leave that open too. There's two openings. Oh yeah, he's he's the he's the new uh, deal, big dealer of psych now. So yeah, now there's which don't get me wrong. If they do a sequel, I would be very open to it. I just feel well, they're like, gonna they're gonna be doing that uh, that uh, it's a sequel series called Code Nine on uh, Quibi comes out uh, in uh, soon I think. I wasn't aware of that, and if that's the case, are they uh, are the Amels going to be it, in it or are they recast? Yes, they're they're all involved. It, apparently, it takes place years after this movie. See, and I'm okay with that, and I would be more okay with that if you didn't waste my time getting to the cliffhangers. Just end the movie when the the bad guy dies. You have maybe five minutes setting up a sequel, and then it's over. Like the, the whole his mom thing. That scene took about maybe seven minutes. It did. She was she was healing her for much much longer than she needed to be. Especially if he was just going to pull her off anyway. I he should have. He should. She should have been starting to show pain earlier. It should have happened a lot faster. That scene, that scene should have taken like maybe two and a half, three minutes. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially because I... The mom I, dies anyway. I yeah. mean... <laughs> I knew, dude, trust no. When she started healing her? No, no. When she said that every time she heals somebody, it takes a toll on her, like uh, she showed the scar that uh, yeah. Rob had, I knew exactly what was going to happen. You can't she not have, tell me. She she shouldn't have shown that. They, they shouldn't have had her show, show that at the at the end of the final battle. They should have had her show that in the hospital. That's when he should have said stop, and then she dies, and then the mom dies. But to have her heal her 
for a good 30 or 45 seconds and you just kind of play it out and then the, and then you pull her off anyway and it, you know it, it's it's empty um no, she sure, was sure it looked it, it looked cool it I looked like the cool, effect but don't get me wrong like she was more than halfway done like you pulled her out at the wrong end of healing like she was already pretty much yeah. to just let it go but then you stop mom's dead anyway yeah, which whatever. I personally don't care because uh, I knew she. I knew she was going to die anyway. It definitely wasn't no Barry's mom scene. I give you, uh, it wasn't that at all. No. So uh, I really uh, so sorry for all the uh, you know technical difficulties that we had to deal with, but you know we're uh, actually trying this for the first time, which we should have done uh, earlier. But you know what? I've been drinking, so leave me alone. <laughs> So I think think, uh, after we, you know, switched everything and got to uh, normal there about halfway through, I think uh, think we got this figured out. Yeah, I think so, too. Unless you got anything else to say about Code 8, uh, I'm pretty much tapped. If if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching it. Um, I think it's a film that most anyone can get into. It's very it's a very easy watch. Um, Yeah. it's, there's not a whole lot of twists and turns down the road. It's a straightforward, pretty much crime drama, and the people just happen to have superpowers. I also want to bring up, uh, and it's the last thing I want to talk about. One of my favorite parts of this film is mm-hmm. they're, they're, the the big the bad guy's big uh, his number two or whatever. The guy who's basically like immune to pain or whatever. Like you can shoot him yeah. and he just it out. I loved how they killed him. Did you see that crap? Oh, that was like a Mortal Kombat fatality, dude. That was a fatality. I went, holy shit. <laughs> because this guy this guy can't be killed by bullets. So what they did was they I think it was a screwdriver or something. It was it was it was a it was a piece of metal. It was Yeah, it was basically a metal rod that Stephen Amell shoved through his eye and Robbie Amell electrocuted and it burst out the back of his head. Holy crap, that was badass. <laughs> I was thinking, that's some Raiden shit. Yeah, it was. I was going to say, that was a, Mortal, that was a fucking Mortal Kombat fatality. Straight yeah, that, up. Uh, Just the right amount of gore to where it wasn't gratuitous. Um, the right amount of bad. But, but, you, but it had so much impact. There was screen shake involved. I mean, it was... You, you felt that hit. Mm-hmm. It was super cool. So, I'm... So I'm that might that might be my favorite uh, favorite use of powers in the movie is that is that right there that whole little fight. Uh, I would honestly agree with you because, they, like I said earlier in the review, they don't really use it as much. This is a very uh, very lacking superhero or superpower superhero movie, but I'm okay with it because they kind of build up to it at the end there. But uh, as far as anything else goes in the movie, unless you got something else to talk about, I, I'm good. No, no, no. Just go see it. Yes, or go I, see it. Turn it on. <laughs> yeah, go see it. Uh, all right. Do you want to talk about what we're going to do next week, or should we just leave it a surprise until we figure out the technical difficulties? Let's leave it a surprise. Okay, but realistically, I'm super excited. Yeah, I am too. I love I'm, excited to, I'm excited to see this again. I, okay, we're not going to tell you, so you're basically just going to have to wait. <laughs> I haven't seen it since I was a kid. 
Should I feel that could bad? Be a lot of things. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't feel bad at all. No. All right. Well, I'm Ian. I'm Seth. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.